With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 482 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined as always, actually, joined by a special guest today, Daniel Roy Lobdell Jr. He's back in the saddle. Stephen Kyle Brackey's at home on uh, father, fatherly duties with young Hayden. And, uh, of course, we have our, our favorite chicken farmer, Ben Askren. Ben, how you doing? <laughs> I'm, doing I'm doing pretty well. Um, man, it's, uh, it's nice to have Nomad on, although I did watch him and Bader yesterday. And they, they've been kind of getting after it. They've been doing so many shows per week. Yeah, they're going wild. They had a they had a big one yesterday with with Thomas Gilman. Why don't we get right into it? You, hey, Thomas Gilman's gone on every show I think imaginable. <laughs> I'm just I, he's I'm just can't wait to cut on like I don't know CNN or something. Him sitting down with Anderson Cooper discussing the move. <laughs> but, oh my goodness! But um, Ben, you had him on, and I haven't got to listen to that one yet. I re-listened yeah. well, to his it, it interview. Didn't come, on that. It didn't come out, Christian. Oh wow. Okay. Well, this is a, I'm yeah. I'm setting you up here. Give us a tease. What was the heat? Oh. What was what was the interest in uh, in what he had to say? Because we can talk about what he said with Bader and Nomad as well. Yeah. Well, so I, I watched Bader and Nomad, and I didn't I didn't I can't stand it when reporters ask the same exact questions after you've already answered them. So I'm like, okay, you know, he's going on Bader, Bader and Nomad. I literally have, I have to watch our show so then I can you know ask reasonable questions. So you know, I kind of went off of their interview, um, and one of the things I guess the first thing I started with one of the things he brought up. In our last interview I did with him, and then he mentioned in the show again was how Russia kind of changed the way he thought about things. And so I tried, I tried to dig a little deeper and you know figure out exactly what he meant by that because I, I know that's something he's brought up numerous times now. And it, I think it was just that he finally realized that there's multiple ways to look at a problem, where before maybe he only realized that there was one. And that kind of opened his mind to seeing other solutions to, you know, essentially his problem is how to make the Olympic team. There might be other solutions besides staying at uh, Hawkeye Wrestling Club to make the Olympic team. Yeah, clearly so. Um, and what what were your initial thoughts when you heard, before you talked to Thomas, Ben, that when he yes. decided he was going from Iowa to Penn State, how surprised were you? Shocked. Totally shocked. I mean, 
This was uh, Thomas Gilman was like the ultimate Hawkeye, like the ho- most Hawkeye Hawkeye of all Hawkeyes. Like when you thought of Hawkeye, you thought of Thomas Gilman. And so uh, when he went to Nittany Line Wrestling Club, that, that it really it really did blow my mind. It caught me totally off guard. You know, I know I before it was announced, we heard a few. I heard a few rumors about it. And I, I almost didn't believe it. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I would say to- totally shocking, and I, I believe it. It lends itself to many points of discussion. Um, but yeah, it's kind of blew my mind. And we all also haven't really got to discuss on FRL Mark Perry headed to Arizona State and the fallout yes. with that, and how I believe that really precipitated a lot of this stuff going into motion. Um, you know, I think it was a, original originally, and I heard around uh, once Arizona State made its coaching changes, uh, they, they let Jamil Kelly go, which I don't, I don't actually understand that. And then Chris Pendleton went to Oregon State. It sounded like, okay, Mark Perry and Gilman headed to Arizona State, right? And yeah. then mm-hmm. we, we heard the rumors about Navy, and, you know, Thomas uh, corroborated that yesterday on the – on the show, but I would have, I, it made sense to me that he would go to Arizona State just for that continuity of coaching, right? So I really yeah. honestly thought it was one of those two places. I didn't know, and, you know, that's maybe part of the, the Kale mystique is that, you know, they don't, the, the, it gets out other places. It was out at Arizona State that they were looking at Gilman. It was out at Navy yeah. that he would potentially go there. And really, I think unless you were deep, deeply connected to the situation, I don't think you knew Penn State was uh, laying in the cut there. Yeah. I, I uh, So he said, I asked him about that. He said, you know, if it was just a, he said, there's a lot of things that made me make my decision. If it was just a coaching decision, I probably would have went to Arizona State. But when I look at everything that goes along with it, uh, you know, the other things just weren't as strong there, pulling me there. And so, you know, he, he definitely addressed that, that, him and Mark were very close, which I I guess I didn't realize they were so close, and they, they do not seem like really similar personality types to me, but um, I guess they had a really super close relationship, uh, and so I, you know, yeah, I said if it was just about coaching, I, I would have went to Arizona State. Yeah, definitely they had a close relationship. I think Co- Coach Barry did with all the, the Hawkeye Wrestling Club athletes, it seemed. Um, like, they really appreciated him and, and liked working with him. And you know when when you're not in the college when you're not in the college room and you're not getting that it I, I think you're drawn to that to that guy or to that coach that that you have and I think yeah. that's clearly the case with Thomas and I can actually really see them those those are two extreme personalities I would say Mark Perry mm-hmm. and, but I can see them I could see it going one of two ways and I think it went the one way with extreme uh, synergy really uh, yeah, but yeah. you know what yeah. I mean like I, you could see it going the yeah wrong no way. I, I got you. Yep. Um, 100%. So let, let me ask you, I mean, before, let's get back to Thomas. I, I think it's a great, it's a very interesting story. But with Mark Perry, and I, I mean, it, this kind of got swept under the rug with the Thomas thing, but why do you think he left? Was it more money Arizona State? Was it he was asked not to come back at Iowa? Um, you know, which one of those things? Because it seems like, hey, he's at his alma mater. We've all, you know, I, I can't see the pay stubs, but Paul Hurdy's making a nice check. He's got a pretty good squad there. You know, what was it? Was it them pushing him out or was it him voluntarily saying like, I mean, obviously, hey, if you want big places to live, you know, Phoenix, Arizona might be a little bit nicer than Iowa City, Iowa. You know, I, what was it? I Here's one thing I've always thought is, is as much as uh, Mark Perry loves Iowa, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense he's not a college coach, that he's not 
able to one of the, his biggest skills was a recruiter right that was one thing yeah. he was regarded for yeah. during his time at illinois this guy pulled imar and delgado and all these talented guys and he was just kind of regarded he's a good bench coach right and yeah. i i think i think a lot of people thought that one of his biggest assets was kind of you can't say wasted but he can't coach the college guys the way i mean mark perry is a folk style um, specialist. Yep. That was his thing. Yeah. Right. I mean, his, his yeah. scramble. He never, repl- he never competed in freestyle. Never. No. Well, th- not senior level, right? Not, not senior level. Sure. Yes. And and so, but I mean, Mark Perry is a true student of the sport, so he was a he was a great uh, freestyle coach. But yes. just some of the things that really align with his skill set, coaching on the bench and and recruiting guys, and he can't do that to much of a degree as any as an RTC coach. Yeah. Wait, so uh Christian, I thought he was going to be the RTC coach at Arizona State also. Oh, am I wrong? I thought he's going to be on staff. Well, he's definitely going to be on staff. I haven't they haven't oh, okay. officially come out with anything yet on Arizona State's end. I imagine that that may be part of it is is why the Arizona State hasn't officially released anything because of the discussions may be ongoing with some kids kids okay. about who's going to handle the the RTC duties. Um, I'm kind of torn with you, Christian, on on him as a college coach. Obviously, he's not a bad college coach at all. He was he's a really successful college coach, but the for his specific skill set, I liked him a lot as an RTC coach, even though he is far more of a known for his folk style accolades and freestyle accolades. Just because I always thought he was really good um, with like the individual attention of of the athletes, um, as opposed to to maybe a, a 30 man roster, um, but. Either way, he's a tremendous coach, and uh, he wants to be a college head coach, and so he has to get back into the college head coaching realm if he wants to do that. Okay, wait, hold on. So, but Molinar was announced as the third assistant there, correct? He was just announced as an, an a, assistant. Yeah, an assistant. Because Prince is still there, okay. too, is my understanding. Prince is there. So there's, so there's one spot, whether it's uh, head assistant, second assistant, or volunteer, there will be within one spot left. Right. Yeah, uh, I believe that's go- okay. I believe that's going to Perry. Right, that's my understanding. Okay, that that makes I mean the, yeah I I so I would agree with you, Christian. There that, that it makes more sense for him to be a college coach where he can recruit and be in the room, um, and I, I would think that fits him much better. So I guess I I don't know why I had the misconception that he was going to be uh, an RTC coach. Well, because maybe he will have um, some involvement. I think was Jamil Kelly kind of the de facto ASU Sunkiss cl- uh, coach yes. there. So he was kind of wearing both hats there. So maybe that will be something that that Mark will do as well. And again, that's why I'm saying ASU hasn't specifically put anything out, which I'm imagining coming to terms with the number as far as, okay, how much is coming from the school? How much is coming from Sunkist to meet whatever the total number is? And, you know, one thing I I think about with, you know, the interest of being the, the club coach or a college coach, it just seems like it would be more – it's just a little more – you're coaching at the highest level, so it's a trade-off. You yeah. get the highest level of competition, but there's something about coaching at Big Ten, NCAA tournament, these big tournaments. Well, I think that's yeah. a big draw, and, and also the team component, right, that you do have a team of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club, but it's not like the team of the Iowa Hawkeyes team. And I think there's something to being a part of that and being a part of that five-year, four-year journey for the, for yeah. the guys. I, I can see why – the RTC head coach position wasn't long-term for Mark. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that—that that, I mean, one of the things for Mark is that—that's his fifth stop now. So we went uh, Penn State, Cal Poly, Illinois, Iowa, Arizona State. So it's like, when's he going to find a a full time home? Hey, how Penn State, Cal Poly? Um, I said Penn State. He, I said, oh, I you did Penn say State. Penn State. Oh, I thought yeah. you started, said yeah. Cal Poly. Yeah, that's so uh, step stop five, right? Penn State, Cal Poly, Illinois, Iowa. Oh Illinois. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I can't count. <laughs> Uh, one, one of my many flaws. Um, I only ever got to four. Four. Uh, maxed out. So, yeah. I mean, you're right that he has moved around a lot. And I don't know. I don't know what else yeah. to say. I, okay. I, thought, I, thought the mark, I thought the Iowa stop would be more long-term. I thought Hawkeye Wrestling Club, get back on the bench, and eventually coach, at, be on staff at Iowa at some point, and um, maybe go from there, either a head coach elsewhere but no, that's not the case. Hey, let's go back to Gilman. Damn it. I thought I had the notes written down, Christian. Uh, and maybe you remember the exact quote, Nomad, but I did. I, I meant to ask him about the one quote. And because I did ask him about the Spencer, and I said, is it, you know, is it a deal with him or is it just whatever? You need to do what's best for you. And he, he said, listen, this, this is only about what's best for me. But obviously, you felt, you felt something else a little bit there, right? And one of the things he said, he said, the coaches got to coach their cash cow, but sometimes cash cows get butchered. Do you remember that, Nomad? Yeah, yeah. He said cash cows. Sometimes cash cows need need to get butchered, meaning implying yeah. what he is going to do. That's what, so. That's what I okay. That's what I took it as. But then when I asked him, I asked him, "Well, is this because you know Spencer and you don't work out? Because you told me that straight up. You told me you guys don't work out. Is it because they're giving more attention to him, or does it not? Does he not factor in your decision at all?" And he said. He said, "This is what this is about. What's best for me, and you know, I, I you know, listen. If the guys tell me that, I'm not going to push him harder. Even though I maybe felt some undercurrents of, you know, something else there. I don't know him well enough to really like dig, keep digging and digging and digging. Well, I th- I think whether Spencer directly had an impact on it, you know, I I do think it is related to." I don't think it has yeah. anything to do with the relationship with Spencer or the, how if they were or weren't training. I don't think that had anything to do with it. I just think if you want to talk about alignment and where the the Iowa staff is going to focus their attention, it's going to be on on their their NCAA athlete. It's going to be on the guy that turned their program around. And yeah, uh, once and once your coach leaves, and you know you've been coached by Mark Perry for for years and years. And it's well yeah. three years, I guess. I guess you say, well, maybe it is time to go. I think the timing of it made made sense for Gilman. Um, but I so that's why I, I'm going to push back on that because I just don't feel as though this is something where they couldn't have given both guys attention. And I mean, you know, they don't have a gigantic amount of male senior level athletes, and would, meaning not not I'm saying not to discount the girls, but saying that the Terry and Tom coach these guys in college and now are following them through to the international career. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they can't give them attention. So I guess this is the one question I was thinking about. And, you know, maybe it's just the, the way it is. Uh, has there been any other program where someone has consistent, so consistently left, right? So at 57 kilograms, they've had this battle and someone is always, they've not very, very, really kept two people in the room for an extended period of time. Someone always ends up leaving right? Whether it was Ramos um, or Dennis or Gilman or, you know, right now Spencer Lee's the next guy in the line. Someone's always left. 
And so it's like, okay, but is there any other are there any other programs that have multiple top guys at Olympic weights that stick around for really extended periods of times, <clears throat> or is this just is this just how it goes? Do people just always leave? Yeah, I think it's just how it goes, Ben. I mean, first I of all, too. the RTC thing has only been around for three quads, call it. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. as far as the as far as the um, the other high level guys in the room, so I'm I'm kind of doing this article where I, I want to synthesize all the interviews that Gilman's done to kind of like tie it all together and have everybody find those commonalities. And one of the things that he brought up with uh, Taylor Miller was he said the, the the camaraderie of the room and and not necessarily grinding with guys in a physical sense but a mental sense. And yeah. it's something that I brought up on the emergency FRL. If you look at the makeup of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club on the male side. Gilman was the only guy contending for national yeah. and world teams right now. And who Penn State has a have, lot more guys. Who do they have Nomad? Clark, Sammy Brooks. Uh, is Burak still there? No. no. Uh, um, Sorensen obviously no longer, yeah. but was there for, for a time. Um, but if you look at if you look at guys who were more his age, who were in you know in high school and college, same time as him, been around the senior level, same time as him. NLWC is a better yeah. fit in that sense. And then again, if you look at the makeup of the sense? team, going in what sense? Zane and, and David and those guys um, and, and Kyle were a little more his age, more more uh, on the level competing yeah. for world gotcha. teams. And then you look at the the future of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. And we're assuming that they may want to keep around Kemmerer and Marinelli and Spencer. So they want to maybe want to keep that core group together. And that necessarily doesn't play specifically in the Thomas Gilman decision. But you see what yeah. I'm saying, where this is kind of the way things no, are going yeah, to be, I, Ben, I, I where they you. want to uh, – schools want to keep certain groups together to keep going yeah. what they have. Yeah, absolutely. Do you guys think Kemmerer and, and Marinelli are going to wrestle? Because they have – neither one of them has competed in all that much freestyle. Is that something that we, we see in their future for sure, or is that just uh, us assuming? Uh, that would be an assumption, yeah. Yeah, it's an assumption, but I think they should. I mean, Marinelli made what back to back, right? Junior world, junior trials, or no, no, I'm sorry, lost to Mark, Mark. Hall and then lost to Makai. So he lost the two junior world champs, and I think Kemmer would also be good in freestyle. But yeah, it is it I is an too. assumption. I think Kemmer would be really good at freestyle. Yeah, he's done it. He wrestled at Fargo. Um, yeah, uh, he didn't win, but yeah, he um, didn't. He didn't win. He's pretty good. He was it. Yeah. It was that year at 45 that had like all. It was it was insane. <laughs> yeah. Stroker was there. There's a bunch of dudes. I remember it was funny. So, I remember this vividly. Morningstar was coaching Stroker because he was coaching Team Iowa, but Kimmer was uh, going to Iowa and Stroker wasn't. And I was like, "This is really weird. <laughs> it's a weird thing." Uh, the um, high school coaches at Fargo is is, is wild. So, Go ahead. so the other thing I brought up to him, and I said, "I said, does this does this even factor in your decision, or is this like, hey, I, you know, that's just something I I can't think about or I don't want to think about." Well, they said, listen, you know that a lot of people want to say, okay, well, Iowa couldn't get it done for Gilman, and that's why Gilman went to Penn State. You know, they're going to use that as a type of recruiting tactic. I mean, that's just going to happen, right? This is the two, top, two of the top programs in the country for the next handful of years. Is that something you think about? Because obviously you have respect and you love, and Iowa's gotten you to where you're at here. So now people will use this against them negatively moving forward. Is that something you had to consider? And he pretty much said – you know, that's not something I consider. But that being said, I could, you know, Penn State needs help at 125, and I could see some guys wanting to come there to work out with Thomas Gilman, which I kind of thought that was that was interesting because to me that said he's going to be there for more than one year. Yeah, I don't think you're right. You're right. Which which me to me says he's competing another quad, right? Because I don't mm-hmm. think he would move there for a year 
then no. he's not going to get a j- spot on staff, in my opinion, right? Like, if you look no, at Penn State definitely. staff, they've kept the same one basic, that same nucleus of Kale, yes. Cody, and uh, Casey for since Iowa State. And then they've kind of yes. they've had some different coaches where they've had Molinaro and Dernlin and now Varner there in that mm-hmm. spot. But basically, they keep the same guys. So, and yeah. certainly he wouldn't be the first guy in the list to that they would hire, considering they have all those dudes in there waiting. So yeah, that's a good point. I think he's probably around through twenty twenty four. You would have to assume, because um, why would you move back closer for your wife if yeah. you're only going to be there a year? What's the What's the point in that? Yeah. And I'm I'm sure yeah. that Gilman's probably in a point. Or he's looking for a little, looking for a long, thinking long-term decisions, not mm-hmm. just um, for one year at a time. So yeah, I think I mean he he also brought up the fact that he does want to coach, but he he didn't specifically say what level he wants to coach. He didn't say I have to be a Division One coach. He didn't say that. He said you know I'm going to coach. I think I just don't know what level it's going to be at. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I think. Um, the other the other angle we can discuss here is just kind of the chess move for for Penn State. I don't know; if it's really a chess move um, when you say it. it's not. It's not some like high level strategy involved with getting a really good lightweight in your room. But um, so I'm not trying to like make it sound like he's like you know freaking. It's pretty black and white. If you can get more good wrestlers, get more good wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's that's pretty... he's not. Hey, go ahead. I want to hear Nomad go hard again that they, that they're doing the Olympic trials at Bryce Jordan, so Penn State's going to put their best team out there. That was. I love that bit, Nomad. Oh, my gosh, no. It's we, not a bit. It's, uh, it's, yes, it's, it's just yes. wise. No, it's just wise. It, was great. it was so great. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but the, So now they have the Olympic trials at their place two years in a row. Well, <laughs> no one's ever done that before. <laughs> no one's ever before. done that before. You talk oh about Kill Magic. Kill Magic. Back-to-back <laughs> years with Olympic trials. It's never been seen. Yes. No, it's <laughs> – it's, uh, I, I think the move – I mean, l- listen, we talk about it, you know, once a, once a month – they the production at 125. Now you've got this guy. They've got Richie Figs right in their sights, and this could be the thing that that gets them over the hump with someone like that. I I tend to think there's a good chance they, that Richie Figs goes there. I know he's currently committed to Arizona State. I honestly, just my opinion, I think it's down to Ohio State and Penn State for Richie. I I think. <laughs> I, what? Uh, that's so- that's so 2020 that he's committed to Arizona State, but you think it's down to Ohio State and Penn State. I That's do. That's so 2020. So yeah, wow. to, to to clarify on that, and to my knowledge, he has never <laughs> posted something saying he's reopening his commitment or um, has decommitted. The the ASU commit stuff in his social media bios is gone as well as the posts themselves. Well, okay. I was – I was, I was He deleted at- the post? Yeah, what's that tell you? He probably. Oh my God. He probably oh took five minutes and Googled Arizona State lightweight production since Robles graduated and got horrified because it's been terrible. <laughs> they haven't done anything at the lightweights oh since Robles graduated. Oh. Look, re- look oh, it up. Brutal. If you're a high level recruit and you look at their lightweight production, how do you say, how, how can you say, yes, yeah, sign me up when I've got Tom Ryan and Kale Sanderson and. Um, probably myriad other coaches saying that's going to be a tough decision to make. And he also in 25 productions, also not that great. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's a fair point. But lightweights, they've done well. And they also had a yeah. four-time All-American national champion in 2016, which we're talking about yeah. 2011. And uh, mm-hmm. so I think that, that factors in. I was at Ohio State when Richie visited there. I was there. He was walking around in Ohio State clothes. 
and <laughs> I, he was supposed to visit Penn State, but I think the coronavirus stuff um, m- messed it up. Messed up his his trip there. At least that's my understanding. Huh. So I, Interesting. I, yeah. So I think it's I think it's a smart recruiting move. Roman Bravo Young. You saw he tweeted. I think I found my new best friend. These guys are what? Are, yeah, he tweeted something like that. That um, should be illegal by the NCAA rules. <laughs> what? Why would that be illegal? I'm teasing. Uh, oh, that they well, I mean, obviously, you know how influential it is. You know, college guys can be to high school guys, and so obviously, something like that's gonna be highly influential to a high school kid. So, you know, I was just joking. Okay, got it. Yep, I yeah. think uh, you're talking to me. To clarify, Christian is talking about a quote tweet of Gilman. Yeah, he's not talking about RBY. Oh, talking about Richie I'm sorry. You two were yeah. Sorry. Oh. Yeah, you'd be exactly right. Okay. I was like, I'm not sure why he thinks that. No. I'll retweet it for you. Boom. So you can okay. see, see what I meant. Uh, um, got it. So, yeah, it, it has a, it has an impact. Um, I don't know what else to say about it, um, about Gilman leaving or Penn State getting them. I, I think, you know, I said it on the emergency. I'm not trying to be redundant. A lot of you guys listened to, to our Friday emergency FRL. Ben wasn't on at that time, but I just think – the most powerful thing that's said in this is it's not about it, you know it's when Gilman says hey it's not about the money it's about this this and this is why I'm going and Kyle Snyder basically has said the same thing and you're taking two guys who achieved incredible success at two of the best programs in the country and even they both made the same independent conclusion that to get better at wrestling, I have to go here. I have to go to State College, Pennsylvania. And to me, that is the most – it's not even about what Gilman will bring to them. Ultimately, it will bring them something. It will bring Penn State something. It will help their college athletes. He will make national teams. He, he will push to make the Olympic team, right? But yeah. just the overall perception that that nationwide creates when you've got a 97-kilogram that is – you know, of this generation, our most successful wrestler probably, right? More successful than Burroughs the sure. last five or six years, right? So when you consider that, that guy made this decision. And then you've got this lightweight that's been in the mix. For, from lightweight U, the place where we just trumped it, it's 125U. And they put yeah. more guys on teams at lightweights than anyone. And that he reached this conclusion. I think that's the yeah. most powerful instance. Of, I agree. Yeah. I think that says a lot, but I think Christian, where it's going to say even more is if they both make the Olympic team in 2021. That that's when it'll just be like boom, yeah, tidal wave. But if these guys both fail to make the team, and obviously Snyder, Snyder and Gilman aren't shoe ins, right? Snyder's got to be Jaden, and Gilman's going to have to beat Fix, maybe Fix, and Spencer Lee. Um, so you know, if they don't make it, people will try to use that against Penn State. Now, should they, you know, is that a fair argument? No, but do people always make fair arguments? No, people make arguments which are biased to make their own cases, right, to make their own points correctly. So uh, I think, obviously, you are right is a huge statement, but where we're going to see it play out is is next year when these guys either do or don't make the Olympic teams. Yeah, and and right now, I would predict neither of those guys to make it. I think Jaden beats Kyle, and I tend to think Spencer will beat Gilman, but certainly it's within the margins. Kyle Snyder has beaten Jaden Cox before. Um, yeah. He beat him in freestyle the year he won Worlds. I know you could say ancient history, but like they were both pretty dang good at that point in time. Yeah, they were. they were. It was really close. And we'll see. 
we uh, we saw what Spencer did to that field at Senior Nationals in Fort Worth, and that was a pretty strong indicator of where he stacks up. Uh, and I think now he's got another year to get better. Yeah, and I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be. I think it'll be Spencer right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I man. So for for me, you know what the what what I think about the Spencer Gilman, I think that Spencer has issues with conditioning. Everyone wants to butcher me on that, but whatever, right? I said if I'm Spencer's hype man, I'm saying I'm the best three minute wrestler in the planet history ever, and they're right, right? So I'm just gonna tout that fact. Why do I need to rest? Why do I need to train for seven minutes when I have to go seven minutes? Deal with it. You know that's what I'm gonna say, I need and that's fine. Just make a whole one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't need to be a good putter. Thank you, no man. Let's make a whole one. But if Gil <laughs> Gilman probably obviously either sees that and knows that, right? They've been in the same program. So if he just tries to slow it down, which we've seen, he's not the easiest guy to score on. He's pretty damn hard to score on. Um, you know, and he can get get it to be a close match in that four minute or five minute mark. Can he win the match there? And I think the answer is de there's definite possibility of that. So. I'm not willing to write him off yet. I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. No, I wouldn't write off Gilman. No way. I'm just saying, you have yeah. to, if I had to pick someone right now, it'd probably be Spencer. However, sure. You know, who knows? I really want to see that. Don't you really want to see what happens there? Oh, my there? gosh. Are you kidding? I mean, <laughs> I mean, of course. Dude, I, want, I need, I need, I need Spencer Dayton. I need Spencer Gilman in the worst yes. way. I, those, yes. I just want those matches to happen so badly. Um, pandemics yeah. and, you know, injuries have kind of pro prohibited it from happening Way in the past. Up. But, you know, we'll I, get there. Just last yeah. thing on the Penn State, um, I really like that them and a bunch of other teams are continuing to try to beef up their senior-level program. Um, there's obviously been a lot of debate about RTCs, and, you know, there's certainly competitive balance questions on the, the college side, but I can't help but want more guys to be able to stay in the sport and schools to throw money at senior level guys and to have free agency I think is a good thing I think it will yeah. ultimately prove to be good for the sport I think they'll figure out any competitive balance issues and it will ultimately result in, in um, positive so I'm glad have that you, a school that's been so good at folk style is, is continuing to throw resources at freestyle as well Yeah, it would be nice if someone had the budget to match the Yankees though What? what do you mean well, the Yankees didn't the Yankees. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm messing up because I'm not a baseball expert. But didn't the Yankees have the gigantic budget? And no one could ever match it, and they just bought all the best guys all the time. They did. They did do that. Um, okay. Well, I wish someone else had a five minute five million dollar war chest to match the Penn State. That would be a lot more fun, and people would be getting paid more. To Nomad's point. Well, there's also there's also the where you're putting your money right now, and um, you know, Ohio State just got the Jennings facility uh, uh you know I was getting their new facility so th there's also a little bit of where you're putting it Penn State has shown no interest and they don't really need to but Penn State showed no interest in creating a new facility whereas yeah. Iowa and Ohio State prioritize that and I don't necessarily think they're wrong for doing it but they're putting a lot of money into it too millions sure. of dollars yeah. to to be exact yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how much could the Cavellia Center cost? A thirty thirty million dollar building? I don't I don't remember the exact numbers, but probably twenty. I, I remember a phone call with Tom Ryan and I started doing you know back of the envelope math and a lot <laughs> of zeros. Yeah, 
Very yeah, it, I mean, I, I could tell you, I'm trying to build my building in my yard, and I could tell you how much that costs, and then I can multiply that by many, 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 many multiples. Depends yeah. how much you and, pay Keegan O'Toole to build it. <laughs> <laughs> he only gets paid, I think, 9 or $10 an hour, cut some branches down and burn that. That's not bad. That's not bad. Not bad. That's bad. Yeah. yeah. Man, I was in college. I wasn't making that much at the freaking... Although one day, I know, I, I know what he made. He made 10 bucks an hour, but... uh. The one day, I can't remember what I bet him on, but I won. And so it was either you get paid $20 an hour for this day or you get paid $0 an hour. And, and I won. <laughs> you child love betting. Poor child labor. Oh, who doesn't love to gamble? If you don't love gam gambling, you're not listening to your own intuitions, Christian. Everyone likes to bet. Oh, I love Hey, who are you telling? I like it too. Hey, oh, hey the other thing uh, I forgot to mention that I love so much about you guys. I did tune in for your Friday podcast. I didn't listen to the whole thing, but I tuned in for a while. Christian was showing off the guns, baby. That's what no man came in casual Friday style. I was like, I was like, oh, all right, well, so I was just rushing out the door, and then I was like, I'm wearing a, and I was like, you know what, screw it, casual Friday, I'm wearing a tank top, I don't care, uh, and yeah, let 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 them let them breathe a little bit, it's fine. You're you're a big tank hey. top guy, you'll wear them. Oh, I love it. It's not warm enough, but yes, I do, I do love some tank tops, and you know it's funny because. All of my excess weight only goes from the top of my ribs here to my to my waist. That's so when I wear a tank top, you know, I still look pretty shredded up top, <laughs> even though maybe I'm not. <laughs> there Optical you go. Illusion. Yeah. Optical illusion, baby. That's right. Uh, hey, the, the thing we didn't bring up with Gilman and Spencer, uh, which I, I I should have brought this up, is I think it's highly likely that with the Dayton issue that they're going to wrestle in the finals. So it'll be a best two out of three. Do you think that plays into it at all? Uh, do I think what plays into it? That, the that's fact that they're going to have to wrestle. No, 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 no. That the fact that, um, you know, when you're picking Spencer over, over Thomas, it's, it's you're picking it in a one-match thing, but they actually have to wrestle two, two possibly three matches. And, and, you know, could Thomas's pace wear on Spencer over the course of three matches? Well, if, if you're picking Gilman, that's almost certainly what you're saying is going to happen. And that's probably how Gilman is drawing it up and uh, envisioning it going down, right? Um, sure. <laughs> Spencer has lost uh, four freestyle matches that I'm aware of. Fix, fix. Two to fix. Well, the, the two to fix and the two, his first Cadet Worlds when he was like okay. 12 he, he was 13. Nine. And he got cut back and did like basically didn't realize he got cut back twice basically didn't realize um so there's not a whole lot of data on how to beat spencer you know dayton did did come back but good lord that was six seven years ago also at this point. i know it's kind of weird that was to only say a four minute match too. four minute matches yeah. yeah now his prior his last freestyle match prior to senior nationals was junior worlds junior world finals which you remember he was down what was he down that one six oh seven oh that was a weird match it was a weird match, really weird. but he, weird. he came back in that one. He did. Yeah. So, again, I mean, I know we're going old, but we don't have a, a – we have one senior-level tournament I feel to like, on. I feel – just remembering that match, I feel like Spencer probably 10-0s that guy nine out of ten times, and that was the one time yeah. it was just a really – it was a weird, weird match. Yeah, we haven't really heard from that guy. Again. We called so, him Moe's. <laughs> he looked like Moe's. <laughs> he looked like Moe's from The Office. I don't know, Ben, if you watched oh The Office. Oh, my goodness. But we called him Moe's. Um, hey, the, the the other thing I brought up, I meant to bring up Christian besides the tank top that I was proud of you about. 
Thanks, dude. I was proud of that damn promo you cut on Instagram. I mean, that was good. Like that was that was great A stuff. That was better than most fighters in the UFC. You know, they, most fighters. You listen. You you got that camera out. You talked for eight minutes straight into the camera. That was impressive. Great Thank promo. You. Thank you. I yeah, appreciate it was, that. It's really good. That means a lot. Um, yeah, I don't want to talk about that guy anymore. But I just needed to say it one time. Nomad told me not to. I'm sorry, Nomad. But um, Nomad, I, next time you got to be Christian. Cut a good promo. You got to be the hype man. You got to be the one slapping him and saying, "Yeah, yeah, go do it, Christian." Oh man, I guess myself enough, uh, e- more easily enough. I think CP knows from from the chat. When I go in on people, I go in. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. You don't want Nomad's thoughts. You don't want Uh-oh. Nomad to go for eight minutes. It's, it's diabolical, medieval. Insert any um, disturbing adjective, and that's Daniel Nomad when he's got someone in his sights. So, uh, yeah, too too hot for TV. Hey, Hawkeye Wrestling Club new mm. head coach Dan Dennis recently wow, announced this morning. Bad. We talked to Dan briefly. Just a, a quick, hey, how you doing? Congratulations and good luck. Um, We'll try to have him on at some point. Um, he's he's ducking me right now. I hope he's listening, but he's definitely <laughs> he's ducking, ducking me. you. Oh, he's ducking me big time. He said I asked well, him see, if he come... saw that saw that tank top. I <laughs> I asked him if he'd come on. He said I hate you. Um, well. So uh, he doesn't want to come on yet. I mean, it, 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 I don't think he was. He, he, I don't know if he knew it was coming out or when it was coming out. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we'll have him on at some yeah, point he, though. He's he's a Bader kind of guy, anyways. Yeah, but no, me and Dennis are boys, though. We get, we have a good answer. He, he picked right up. Both of us called him separately. Yeah, man. He picked right up. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. So who does? Sorry, are you saying that the Hawkeye Wrestling Club with losing Perry and Gilman? I mean, that had to be a big chunk of what they were paying out. Are you saying they're going to wait a year and just just uh, sign up Marinelli, Kemmer, and Spencer Lee, or do you think they actually go after anyone this year? Oh, um, I'm saying that. That, that makes. That makes sense to me, right? Do you go yeah. and – I mean, who who would you go and get? I mean, I would have gone after Jaden Cox like crazy back in uh, – uh, back before when he was at the OTC in Missouri, and I would have gone after him like crazy, but now he's at the Ohio RTC. Don't see him leaving. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe there's some guys. Maybe you try to – I mean, do you make some calls to Penn State? Maybe get some of their some of their dudes. You know, get a, get a Chenzo. Get a Mark Hall out there training. But um, – I don't see any of that happening. I think they hold Pat. So I heard, I heard, and I, I don't know this to be true at all. Here's what oh, I heard. Boy. I'm going to tell you this. Chenzo to Arizona State, Mark Hall to Penn RTC. Really? Mark Hall, Mark Hall and Slay are tight. For yeah, sure. that goes. Yeah. I mean, Slay was the main, he was the main developmental coach, right? When, yes. when, yeah. when Mark was going through his process. So that, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, that's how McKenna ended up there from their relationship so i don't know specifically much about chenzo's relationship with theirs and state crew wow that that would be interesting yeah remember when you just said nomad that uh mark hall should go coach i don't and i don't totally disagree with you but i guess he's gonna you know he apparently he wants to keep wrestling Good. I don't want to retire Mark Hall early. You've I'm been just trying. saying, Do it. I think Do his it. calling right now, I think he will be an absolutely tremendous coach. Mark, do whatever you want, man. But I think you're going to be an amazing coach. All right. Now, we we can obviously dip back into this. We got nothing but time and things to discuss. <laughs> 
So let's not feel like we got to get the whole Iowa Penn State thing discussed on this show because we got to do 84 finals, 97 oh, yeah. semis, and 285 quarters for the best of the oh, decade. Oh my goodness! Yeah, Bracky lost his landmine. Now we get we get a nomad landmine. This is fantastic. Well, technically, technically one Uh-oh. nomad does take uh, Bracky's vote. Bracky now is relegated to the tie-breaking realm. Um, okay. So he's just got to deal with that. Let me get him on the line here in case we need him. Get him on the line if we need him. You never but know. Does, does Nomad steal the landmine then? Does he know about the landmines? I know See, about the landmines. I've been, I pretty much have been watching these happen live. Now, okay. now, here's the thing. Here's why I'll say he doesn't, he shouldn't necessarily get the landmine because Bracky will be back tomorrow and he could technically use his landmine tomorrow if he had such Man, a he desire. Would, he would be using really it on the, put the landmine. Yeah, we should put the landmine out in the beginning, Christian, because they're all going to be jammed in the end. Well, uh, you're, there's going to be a landmine today. I'm using a landmine today. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's one of six choices. I'll, you'll know huh. soon enough. Do are we I start- think you're picking I think you're picking Gallagher over Schneider. <laughs> I, oh, I busted you. I busted you, Christian. You have to you have you to tune are in. A communist sympathizer. <laughs> communist sympathizer. Oh my gosh. Z's an American, I think. Also, I think Z works on Wall Street right now. He works on Wall he does, Street. He does. He yeah. Does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't don't uh, I got Braggy's picks if we need them. This isn't national. Uh, okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> we start we should start with the quarters and work our way down. You want to do that? What are uh, the yeah. quarters right in here? 285 quarters are here in the if you look at this sheet. So the first one, uh we'll start with a 4-5 matchup, which is Adam Kuhn versus Tony Nelson. A little bit of history here. Kuhn won the first meeting, and then I don't know if they hit again, actually. I don't think they hit. Isn't it so crazy, Christian, to think that Nelson graduated in 2013 and Kuhn graduated in 2018 and they wrestled in college? 2014 for Nelson, but yes. Oh, 2014. Yes. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. Um, Which year did Kuhn redshirt? Must have been six sixteen, the Olympic year. Why don't I remember that? No, I wait feel a like it was sixteen, or was Kuhn. it seventeen? Oh, it was eighteen because it was the year Penn State and Ohio State were really close that so they he, wrestled in the finals. He wrestled in sixteen, for sure, because that's the year. Yeah, Wiz beat him in the semis, right? Yes, and then yeah. in fifteen he wrestled. So he wrestled fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. He must have redshirted. Redshirted sixteen. That's right. Redshirted sixteen, seventeen. He got hurt. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I man, I really should be able to remember like two years back. But. That that was supposed to be. <laughs> it, it would have been his senior year, and he was going to go straight through, but then he got hurt. Got it. That's why you hang on to that red shirt. Wrestle when you're ready. Mm-hmm. I I personally, man, this is a really tough one. I mean, the four fives inherently are supposed to be very difficult, but I'll say. I'm going to go Adam Kuhn. Not yeah, really sure I, why. I'm going Adam Kuhn, too. He beat Kyle Snyder that year. It didn't beat him every time, but he beat Kyle Snyder in a match. Kyle Snyder, multiple-time world champion. Um, Tony Nelson has never really came all that close to being uh, a world champion, so I'm picking Adam Kuhn. Yes. All right, cool. That's two for Adam Kuhn. Daniel Roy Lobdell, Jr. 
Uh, look, we're going we're going best version, and uh, although we just had Adam Kuhn on the show yesterday, and he was awesome, you should guys should go watch that. Um, Tony Nelson, matter-of-factly, won NCAAs, and Adam Kuhn did not. Uh, it appears, based on the poll, that my vote will not matter, as Adam Kuhn is ahead of Tony Nelson, well, sometimes forty-five. Let me let me enlighten you, Nomad. Sometimes you have Kyle Snyder in the NCAA finals, and sometimes you have Zach Ray, and those can, <laughs> those can be that can be a differentiator, and if you achieve the status of NCAA champion or not. I, I oh, by you. the way, he beat Kyle Snyder. He, Adam Kuhn beat four NCAA champions in his career, okay. I believe, uh, and and Adam Kuhn's amazing. But you don't sound amazed. I'm going Tony Nelson. <laughs> college, I think college Tony Nelson. Beats college Adam Kuhn. If only they wrestled. They wrestled five years apart. They, no, they wrestled each other in their only meeting. To my knowledge, Adam Kuhn won that meeting. And then who won? Who won and the tournament? That was not Tony Nelson. But, he did not win the tournament. We're talking about the Tony Nelson that won. That was, okay, but that year, okay, yeah. Adam Kuhn got four years better, and he can't replicate the result. <laughs> yeah. What? How much better did Tony Nelson get from this 2013? Is, this, by the way, this is an argument he used several times for young guys. It was like, oh, if only they're in the same bracket. What was it, 74? I am making that bra- – wait, what? You were like, if only these guys were in the same bracket. Yeah. When the guy was a freshman and he won. Yeah. Tony okay. Nelson beat Mike McMullen. He also beat Gelagayev. Uh, Adam Kuhn beat Mike McMullen. Bradley, Bradley was the one seed. I'm going Tony Nelson. It doesn't matter because Coon's going to win. Coon's got the the fan vote anyway, you so I'm outvoted three to yeah. one. You you can't justify. But I'm not making it, it a, queen, a clean sweep. All right, you love Tony Nelson. I learned that today. I didn't know until today. You love how man the man's an astronaut. Yeah, <laughs> he got too many things going on. He can't be scouting Tony Nelson while he's trying okay. to build a damn that's, rocket ship. That's a fair point. I wish you had led with that point. <laughs> If you, had, if you had led with he's not focused enough to be Tony Nelson because he's trying to build uh, a Mars hovercraft that he can fit inside, I'd say, you know what, that's look, a good point, Nomad. Look, he said he, – he, he, he gave us his three goals. He said stand atop the Olympic podium, try out for the NFL, and get his butt in space. That's a lot of stuff going on. You know, Nelson's very – he's focused. He's just got to beat Adam Kuhn one match. I think he does it. Okay. So – Those are outlandish goals, by the way. So Kuhn, Kuhn advances. Yeah. All right, next match. This would be a really fun one. Anthony Kassar versus David Zabriskie. Kassar, two unbelievable athletes. And you know Zabriskie, he was really a title contender a couple of years, right? It was like, man, he yeah. could definitely win. The year he got, he, when he lost to Erickson, I thought he was really in the mix to win. The year Ellis won, that was. And then he, yep. the year after that, he did win. No, he, lost, he lost to Dudziak on the front side, though. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And Erickson on the backside. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I. So you know what I'm gonna say? Uh, I'm gonna say that Zabriskie always wrestled really well against more athletic heavyweights, of which Anthony Kassar fits that criteria. I watched David Zabriskie beat Mark Ellis, who had great leg attacks, many times. He just knew how to strategize against those more athletic, smaller heavyweights. I'm picking Dave Zabriskie. He was a more athletic small. He was he was small. Yeah, he was. He was like a 230-235. He was kind of one of the as I remember, one of the first smaller guys that was really really prolific. He's not one mm-hmm. of the first, but just like at that era, he was the kind of archetype for the small athletic dude. 
I learned a lot about uh, Zabriskie when I got to interview him uh, when, when I was at the Bobby Douglas thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how late he started his career and kind of how still raw he was uh, going in. He was that that big guy who was was very athletic um, and, and had a lot of coaches, had a lot of great coaches, so he was able to to excel very quickly. Um, and so, yeah, Z- Zabriskie definitely one of the like forgotten amazing guys in that uh, 2010 Iowa State team. I mean. They were third, and they had, like, Varner right below him, who also won. But Anthony Kassar, outside of Kyle Snyder, um, when when he moved up to heavyweight, is, like, the most impressive leg-attacking heavyweight I've ever seen. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it would be an awesome match, and I think Zabriskie, as you guys are saying, would, would be able to, to match him really well athletically. But I think uh, Kassar, you know, just won too many leg attacks and gets him. Man, I, I think one thing that... You know, it, it, to me, this question all goes around, how do you view Gable Stevenson? Because, mm, like, mm-hmm. I, if you know anything about me, you know, I am like, Gable's amazing. He's one of the best of a generation. He's maybe the greatest high school wrestler ever. Uh, so on and so on and so on. So I I take two wins over that guy, and it, it means a whole heck of a lot to me. And I don't know if David Zabriskie would be a Gable Stevenson type of guy. Right, I think when I when I look skill for skill, I think I think Zabriskie has more. I think he has more ways to score. I think he has more ways to win. But the fact that Kassar could figure it out against Stevenson makes me think that in this instance against that guy, I think he figures it out. So I'm going Kassar. Well, now how about this? Also, remember Kassar wants to go MMA. You know what Zabriskie's doing right now? Coaching MMA. <laughs> Okay. This may Maybe happen they team in the All right, so they're gonna fight each other. We'll, yeah. Then we'll really. Did know. you know that Ben Zabriskie's coaching MMA? Uh, yeah, he's out. I see him every once in a while. He's out in uh, what Denver area? Mm-hmm. I think El- Elevation Fight Team. Maybe is that who's yep. with? Yep. Nice. Uh, I see him frequently. Still looks in very good shape, so maybe they can go at it. Yeah. What did you say about Zabriskie when you did the 2010 uh, NCAA? Whatever you were calling it, redo. I don't remember what we said about him. I mean, he had he had Ellis's number. Uh, I remember that yeah. he was like five or six and seven and zero against uh, Zabriskie, mm-hmm. or Zabriskie was seven zero against him. Nothing. I don't think we talked all that much about the weight. Mm-hmm. So does that does uh, Kassar move on, or what? Is, what is the? Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm voting I mean, Kassar. Unsurprisingly, yeah. Twitter says Kassar. Yeah, of course. Same close. Which is both recency and Penn State. Yeah, but I do think they are right in this case, although. Zabriskie so getting some love. Twenty eight. It's not. It's not a full blowout like like Gwiz Ray is. Yeah. Okay. Gwiz Ray. I think this is. Uh, man, the level that Gwizdowski was at. Honestly, you could throw. If you're talking best version Gwiz, twenty sixteen was. He was filthy. I mean, he was destroying yes. basically everyone he he beat. Coon again. He beat him in twenty fifteen, but then he also beat him again in twenty sixteen. At NCAAs, he was right. I mean, he was seconds away. He was an escape away from beating Kyle Snyder, who I think most people are going to pick to win this weight altogether. Um, unless he gets landmined. Unless he gets landmined. That'd be crazy. Wouldn't that be weird? <laughs> um, so I think you you factor in. I think him and Gwiz have hit multiple – or Ray have hit multiple times, probably more in freestyle than anything. And uh, that's been Gwiz of late. So – but – for a very long time. You stole my point that I was going to make, yeah. Ray was his kryptonite. Yes. And even going back to the Olympic trials when he had Zach Ray dead to rights, Ray 
figured out a way to beat him right at the very end. So acknowledging the kryptonite factor, I still think I, – I think that was a little bit of a freestyle, folk-style thing. I can just say that. There's no way to really prove it. I just think it's true that Gwiz took a little bit acclimating fully to freestyle when he was so good at folk. Um, so I got Gwiz here, respectfully. Acknowledging the kryptonite. Acknowledging the kryptonite. Kryptonite acknowledged. I got, I got, Gwiz, I got Gwiz also. Yeah, this is a hard sure. one, and, and CP stole my point. Um, Ray Ray was the the, the wall for, for Gwiz, because Gwiz, I don't know how many people remember, but Gwiz was doing senior level the whole time he was in college. He was going to the trials every year. He was going to the Open every year. So he, he got those reps in in college, and I think that's why he has since been able to really take control of the weight. No one has, has been able to, to knock him off the perch. Uh, so, yeah, there absolutely was a long time where Zach Ray was, was in uh, Gwizdowski's way. I don't remember enough about uh, Ray's like top bottom to to really shift insane me towards... mat returns. Yeah, well, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Okay, and that's coming back to me. But I still think Wiz, um, again, the I'm, I'm favoring offense over defense here. Yeah. So Quiz advances, Gwiz and then advances. we have our last quarterfinal. <laughs> Kyle Snyder. You're so busted. Just do it, Kyle Snyder. You. Tommy the sympathizer, Christian Piles. Hey, uh, can you guys put that in, tomorrow on the show when you know you do the little like clips of what their their uh, accolades are? Totally as, a Christian, as a Christian Piles, communist sympathizer. You're you're the one. You're the one in favor of the you know the RTC guys wrestling for other countries. I'm just saying. I haven't even done anything yet. First of all, this not is communist. Totally... Not communist countries. Not communist countries. What? Uzbekistan? Why don't you do some googling? They yeah they're probably they're probably not so that's, they're, that's a, whatever that's they a are whatever they are you don't want to be it, um, <laughs> and you know what if you listen to this show much you know that Gelagayev is my favorite heavyweight of all time and boom landmine Gelagayev goes up top with Kyle Snyder where if there's one area in folk style where Kyle Snyder was a little vulnerable he got thrown in the NCAA finals if you think Alan Gelagayev can't throw anyone in this list you're crazy. Gilgab, crazy underrated, the best to never win a title at this weight, in my opinion. And yes, landmines happen, and it just happened right now. Snyder is out of this tournament, and he cannot win it. Askren, look, Ben, <laughs> we are not in a communist country. The, we, we, Yes, the president has veto. The president has a veto power, but Congress can overrule. No, you can't. I think Congress <laughs> needs a rule here. They because can't it's bullcrap. It's Kyle freaking Snyder. This uh, is you can double stamp a triple stamp. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. Listen, these are the rules of landmines. Yeah, not just communist dictatorship. You can. Good lord! No, this is this Captain is... America for the Russian. You are out of your mind. Listen, you're I, the one that always accuses me of being like too whatever nationalistic and this and that. Now you're now you can't you can't play. I went start full wa- jingo on the on the episode. We really got into it. You can't start <laughs> waving the flag now, Mister. Listen, I'm sorry. Yeah, Z, Z wins. It happens. Maybe uh, he's, how did the, I, I, so I we saw it coming. We Z. saw it coming, and there's nothing we can do to stop it. His middle name is like Zalim or something. Got it. Okay. Because yeah, Allen and Gelagayev have, to my knowledge, no Zs. In there are no Zs to f- found, forwards or backwards. <laughs> yeah, no Zs. So, okay. yeah. Hey, the one seed goes down. <sighs> wow. So, okay. Okay. So, semis are set. <laughs> Allen Gelagayev versus Anthony Kassar. 
That's fire. Nope. Against Adam Kuhn. And then it is Kassar versus Kuhn. Man, you screwed us the world out of a Snyder Kassar matchup, which is no, I didn't. Super fascinating. No, no, no. This is this will be good. This will be fine. Um, and maybe we'll get a Kassar Snyder matchup. Okay. <laughs> Semis. What are they for one ninety seven? They are Colin Moore versus we'll Quentin Wright because this is where you landmined. Oh, landmine. You had you had Jake Varner. So we had back to back upper ways go down. Two eight seed landmines. Yes. Yes, there were. Should Gil Guy have really been the eight seed? <laughs> that, that right? I was you, surprised. Who seeded this tournament, by the way? Uh well, <laughs> the first couple weights I did. Okay, well, whoever did one ninety seven, and I think it was Ben because he has uh, a family <laughs> member involved. The seeds were terrible. No, one eighty four. I have a family member at one eighty four. Well, that's right. Well, the one ninety seven seeds were bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they weren't great, but it's fine. It makes for you know what, and it's, it's, to me, it's true. The NCAA tournament sometimes has terribly seated weights, inexplicably. Mm-hmm. So you know what, if you messed one up, it's fine. Because we've got Colin Moore versus Quentin Wright. This is a wild one. I don't know who wins it. I don't even want to go first. I'll let Ben go first. Colin Moore versus okay. Quentin Wright. Well, we're you we're used to Quentin Wright making the Cinderella runs as he has at a couple NCAA tournaments. You know, not having great seasons. He digs an underhook early in the match. Colin Moore hits another fireman's <laughs> carry for six points. And although Quentin Wright makes uh, a valiant comeback, he loses the match 12-10 to 10 to Colin Moore. Colin Moore to the finals. Okay. I do not <laughs> agree with that. I, I believe Quentin Wright will win this. I think his upper body skills, which I think we've seen with Colin, can be problematic. I think his underhooks were reliable. Um, he's a better thrower than Kyle Connell ever was, right? He's better upper body than mm-hmm. that guy. And yeah. now we could be taking two matches with one guy and, and just making and extrapolating that out to eternity. Maybe that's too much. But I think that mattered. I think Quentin Wright was better overall. I think the areas where Qu- Quentin sometimes couldn't get away. And I don't know if. Colin was good on top, but I don't think he had the top. He's not like a Steinhouse get your wrist and like grind you mm-hmm. to death with mm-hmm. top. I think Quentin would have got away. Some he would, yeah, he would hit the same Grammy like forty times and like just not get out. But I think Quentin would get out here. <laughs> I think Quentin would get out here. I think he beats uh, Colin Moore. I think it is a really close match. I think it'd be really exciting because they both go and Colin would go hard for seven minutes. But I think Quentin gets it done and takes out Colin Moore. Uh, ben convinced me. I like the. Uh, oh my god! I like the point of the, digging <laughs> the underhook, and then then he gets thrown. And Kyle Bracky, don't screw this up. And so I think, um, yeah. So I'm going. I'm going Colin Moore. Now the fans have it. Quentin Wright. Oh my gosh! So it's coming down to from Bracky. the eight seed. From the eight seed. Let's from the go. eight seed. All right, KB. So what do you? Before I say it, what do you guys think he went? Uh, I I kind of think he'll say Colin. No, he might say Quentin because Colin beat his boy. I don't know. Ben, he's going Colin. He's going. No, he's going. No, he's going Quentin Wright. Quentin Wright. Yeah, I, that's my guess too. I think he'll go Quentin Wright. <laughs> he said Quentin Wright stopped fools. Oh, but ah! yeah, <laughs> he's right. Uh, he's right. Man. Thank you, Kyle. Quentin Wright was really a lot of fun to watch in college. Oh and my gosh. Uh, He's bananas. When when he beat Kilgore, I like I just remember this was so like simplistic thinking. It was like Kilgore is the returning champ. 
you know, you were moved because of the Olympic redshirt thing. And he was, like, on the national team at 96 kilos. He's freaking huge. Wright's coming up from 84. There's no way the gorilla kill is going to be too much. And he just knee-picked him to death. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was <laughs> surgical. He also has nothing to do with him beating Jared. Has nothing to do with him beating Jared. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly <laughs> beating Jared. Huh? We still are not sure that he's ever fireman's carried him and pinned him in the first period. We don't know if that has or <laughs> hasn't happened. Uh, okay. So, Quentin wins. Quentin is in the finals. Holy cow. And he will await the winner of Craig Brester versus Jaden Cox. Now, Twitter has spoken here to the tune of 97.1% for Jaden. What? <laughs> Joe Exotic got more votes than Craig Brester. <laughs> Actually, not true. Craig Brester probably got more votes in total. Jokes, I got like 300 uh, votes. Um, <laughs> but this percentage is alarming. However, it shouldn't be this. It shouldn't be. I understand why everyone says this. Craig Brester is so out of sight, out of mind to wrestlers yeah. right now. This what do you think Craig been, Brester's doing right now? That's what I want to know. That's what this whole show's been about. Finding Craig Brester. Where the heck <laughs> is he? Brian Snyder, tell us. 482 uh, episodes Four of really trying to find out where I Craig Brester is. I just haven't wanted to come out. I'm just going to tweet it right now. Where is Craig Brester? Anyways. Um, hey, so listen. Here's he is working I, with large machinery. That makes sense. He himself that was a large perfect. machine. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. So I think that although Jaden wins a very, very high percentage of these matchups, this matchup is actually really close. Craig Brester was so tough. And, you know, Jaden didn't really like to blow people out at all. So no. I'm going to say this match was, you know, it was like a 4-2 type of match where Jaden maybe gets a, a takedown escape and ride in time and gives up two escapes. Something to that effect. I don't think he rides him. I think it's a straight one takedown match. I think uh, Bresser just wouldn't have had the offense to – maybe he gets to him, but I just don't think he could finish on Jaden in any way, shape, yeah. or form. I don't think he's holding Jaden down. And basically that's all you need. Um, if you if you can get away and you get the the takedown, you will win the match. So that's what that's how I think it happens. It is a crazy close match, though. I do think it's close. I think uh, Jaden's international success um, has made people forget that he did have some close matches in college, and he did take a few losses in college. And I'm glad that you guys have brought uh, a bit of, of information back to the world reminding them that Craig Brester was was phenomenal and were it not for Jake Warner could have been you know had a really tremendous career did, a, did have a tremendous career um, but it's still Jaden and uh, good for Craig Brester for even making the semis for real for real okay of bad seating <laughs> now because uh, and Sibley Champ was not in the bracket who oh Mike Mock well he was in the bracket did yeah, a freaking pigtail. pigtail you'd start with the champs and then so, you, so, in your opinion, Colin Moore shouldn't have been in the bracket. Um, so I was going back and forth. No, hold on, I was going back and forth between should it be Moore or Brester? It's as the eighth guy because that oh, would have been. I, you, oh, know, you, know, you know what? I was honestly, I was more so. I just thought it should have been Bo Nickel because that was so the best yeah. version of Bo Nickel. Yeah, that was the best version I of agree. Bo Nickel. Maybe I don't. I don't know. And that. then we could have gotten Bo Nickel, Jaden Cox in folk style. I think it looks similar. To freestyle with Bo not scoring. That's how I felt. Because now we get this. This is a way juicier match. Quentin or Ed Ruth versus Bo Nickel is, to me, infinitely more Ooh. interesting than, than uh, 
Bo Nickel versus Jaden Cox. We we saw it. We saw how that would go on their feet. If you think I don't think Bo rides Jaden, I don't think Jaden rides Bo. Okay, we can do that right now if we want to just talk about that. We can talk about anything we want. So you're not deprived of that. But I think it looks like freestyle. Yeah, I agree. So I think he gets the right. takedown and uh, Bo Nickel doesn't, and he doesn't. Neither guy holds each other down because they're absolute monsters. And even though they're good on top, they're not holding each other down. So there, I did that one. Bo Nickel versus Ed Ruth is insane. Someone, someone really thinks we should have given uh, Gabe Dean a lot more of a shot in this one because as a freshman he beat Ed Ruth the year Ed won, and that it was a controversial takedown. Maybe so. I think it had the matches not happened then we wouldn't be able to say that then yeah. we would say maybe something different but the fact that Bo maybe beat him we, and Bo had his best year of the year after that yes what if we pick junior year Ed not senior year Ed yeah maybe honestly that's probably the best version of Ed Ruth that's probably the best version I think he might have been partying a little too much this senior year <laughs> <laughs> was that the Taco Bell year that was the Taco Bell year dang it yo cattle uh, so 13 Ed Ruth was <laughs> <laughs> damn it <laughs> he said yo he said yo Kiro. How do you remember that? That's funny. I don't know. Um that so is, wow. Ed, we'll say twenty thirteen Ed, because that was the year he decided to get a major with like thirty seconds left in a match. So that version of Ed versus twenty eighteen Bo Nickel, which I think you could say is just as good as the twenty nineteen version considering the, the quality of competition. Um we can get Ozzy to weigh in too, maybe. Ozzy, yeah, he got he got kidnapped. My wife finally <laughs> came and got him. So he, did not, he did not make um, it all the way. To, he did not make it all the way to the screen. I know who I'm picking. I'm picking Junior Year Ed. I, but this match, of all the matches we've seen, this is probably in the top two that I want to see. I mean, this this match would be so much fun. The scrambles would be insane. Uh, Kale would be at both corners. You know, we'd do a hologram of him in one corner, real Kale in the other corner. We wouldn't know which one the real one was. You never know. Uh, and I'm saying that Ed wins in a wild one, like nine to seven. I think it is a wild one. Ed had Ed had some wild ones like that. I think when you th- what, what about Gabe Dean gave him some trouble. I think he had a hard time getting to him positionally. I don't know if he would have that same difficulty with Bo who's a little more mm-hmm. free and loose and fluid in his motion. Uh, so I think Ed's getting in, and if he's getting in consistently, I think he's scoring points, right? And uh, yeah. Man, the, the, the mat is what's so interesting because Ed yeah. rode everyone. Seriously. I mean, just like just about everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he had a hard time holding down Gabe. And even in their, their NCAA match – that semi, I don't know if he rode him then. I'm pretty sure that was a straight 3-2 win, and I don't think he held him down or got riding time in that, that match. Wasn't that a 5-3 win? Am I completely misremembering? That would not be the first time. I really thought it was What year one. is that, 2017, 2016? No, it was 2014, NCAA semis. Oh, my God, way off. Yeah. I'll, I'll look it up for you. Keep going. I'm talking Gabe Dean, Ed Ruth semi. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm looking okay. it up. So, that's... 5-3. It was wow. Okay, I wonder yes. where all the points were. Um, I, I think it was watch. two Ed Ruth takedowns. Oh, okay, two takedowns. Two takedowns, one escape, and then three escapes for Dean is what I think it was. Okay, interesting. I man, I I just think Ed is 
man, I think people forget how good that guy was. He made the made the world team. Um, I think he's really special, and he could get to points. There's a chance he rides Bo. There's a chance that doesn't happen. There's a chance Bo could really maybe ride Ed. I don't think I don't think that would happen. There's not much of a track record for that. Mm-hmm. I think Ed was just better. I think Ed's one of the best of the generation. I think as we look back on this era, I worry he is one of the guys because he only has um, he has the he has some losses in his senior year that maybe he's not regarded. But he's he's a three time champion. He was absolutely ridiculous his um, sophomore through senior year. So mm-hmm. I think I think he beats this version of of Bo Nickel personally. Yeah, this this is a really interesting one. And even freshman year, Ed, right? I mean, uh, Amucha Stegi, who was awesome, yeah. um, he beat him the next year. But, you know, he was I think he was hurt when he lost to Amucha Stegi, and so could he have been a, a four-time finalist maybe. Uh, I, I brought up his bonus rate from sophomore through senior year. It's got to be crazy. 26 out of 30, so that's 86.7. Uh, 2013, 26 out of 32, which is 81.3. And uh, 2014, 30 out of 35, so senior year, 85.7. So he was over 80%, comfortably over 80% bonus rate for the final three years of his college career, which Damn, is absolutely dude, absurd. Wow. And there were points in uh, young Daniel Nomad's life where, and I know this isn't correct. <laughs> I know this isn't correct because Kale Sanderson exists and also Kyle Dake and probably Logan Seaver too. But there were points where I would watch Ed Ruth, and I'm like, he is the greatest folk-style wrestler that I've ever seen. I don't know how anyone possibly beats him. If he remotely seems to care about the match, no one is in his league. Okay, That was young Daniel Nomad. So, hey, just a quick, it was 5-3 with, with Dean. Only one takedown for, for Ed. He had riding time. What was it? He got taken down. Dean took him down, had an escape oh. and a takedown. And Ed had a takedown, a bunch of riding time, and uh, a couple of escapes. So he um, rode him for two minutes, eleven seconds. Oh, wait, so who's Nomad picking? It has to be. It has to be Ed Ruth after that. It is not. It's Bo Nickel. It's Bo Nickel. Yes. Oh come on! Yes. What the heck? After all that? After all that? Yeah. <laughs> I think he just Stop. did that. Literally, Ben. I think Come I. I us. Here's what you want to know. What I think just happened. He thought he had picked. He's like, okay, I'm done. I just picked Ed Ruth. And then you ask the question, and he's like, I'm going to nomad it up here. I'm just going to say Bo Nickel right now, just to mess with you. He I, get, us. I think that's what just happened. He, th- In his mind, he had already picked Ed. And then he's like, oh, let me throw a little chaos into this. Oh, my God. I didn't throw chaos into it. The fans threw chaos into it. Well, yeah, the and then picked Bo the Nickel. Fans picked Bo. Yes. And I'm picking Bo Nickel. But. Well, how, is that, how are you any different than the fans? Well, what do you mean? I mean, because you they, I, have, I have, well, you gave me one vote. You gave me one vote, and now we have a tiebreaker. Oh and now we have Kyle Brackey. Freaking Kyle. What, you worried Kyle that Brackey. Kyle Brackey's going to pick Bo Nickel? Yes. Uh, I think he might. Wow. Okay, you while, don't while, know. You're, while you're sending Kyle Brackey a message, you know I what else it. I just don't, dawned on me that would be so interesting? Uh, it would be 2012 Ed Ruth versus 20, 2019 Zahid Valencia. That oh match would be awesome. Gosh. Oh my gosh. That would be, that would be insane. Awesome. I got yes. Ed, by the way, for the record. Really? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> that would be such a good match. He's, first of all, he's riding wow. him. He's riding Zahid Valencia. Um, I think? I mean, he probably is, huh? Daniel Lewis did. Right. Bo, Bo Jordan had. 
Yeah, he's a, he's right. another he's another galaxy on the map from anyone's on he top. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, Ed here. Right. And with a with an exclamation, Kyle Brackey says, "Ed, capital E D exclamation point." Oh, Ed Ruth, Ed the Ruth. best of the decade. Nice. Stephen Kyle. So your peep, the people, your your voices was heard. You just weren't loud enough because you couldn't persuade Stephen Kyle Brackey. Ed Ruth, yeah, factors into so many fascinating hypothetical matchups, though. He does. He really does. It was does. really sad that we didn't get to see him wrestle longer. You know, I, I know. and by the time he, so he made the world team right away, and then I felt like by that next year he was kind of already on his way to mixed martial arts. Yes. And you guys are right. I mean, and this is. Dude, he was such a good folk style wrestler. I mean, he was so amazing. I think those bonus points, they kind of stick out. And the fact that he never went on and accomplished highly in freestyle will kind of, people will kind of always count that and hold that against it. But people who watched Ed Ruth wrestle folk style, he was just so absurdly good. He w- he was absurd. He was absurdly good. Yes. That's it. There's no other way to describe it. He was ridiculous that's why i'm glad you guys have been doing the, the going back and looking at the old ncaa's yeah. and and also doing this best of the decade um and why you know i did things like the like the hot jerk like it's really good to go back and look and try to remember like man there were some all-time greats that you know like you said out of sight out of mind sometimes we we start overlooking these people as it gets further away from their careers yeah no i've i've really enjoyed this and as, as we're coming down the end of this because it, it has been fun for me because mm-hmm. really this hits the sweet spot for when i start first started becoming obsessed with with division 1 wrestling so i still have a decent amount i haven't forgotten everything although every huh. day every day i'm realizing how much more and more i am forgetful um, well christian we should and now, now that this uh you know i feel like we're Maybe on the downslope of this coronavirus thing, but I think we're still fairly far away from having wrestling competitions. Yeah. We're going to have to go even farther back. We're going to have to start going like 2009, 8, 7, 6. I don't know how yeah. far you can go back with being a really highly uh, yeah, deeply involved all... wrestling fan. Yeah, it would get tougher for me before 2007 um, to really know the, the ins and outs beyond like the NCAA finals. So it'd be tough. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't anticipate having any issues filling filling time with programming with something yeah so okay that's that so we're we're down to 197 finals Mm -hmm. and 285 um so we're gonna wrap this whole thing up this week okay and bracky still has a landmine that he can use but only tomorrow and only for the heavyweight semis so he's got the so if he's going to use it it will be Either in the Gwiz, who's Gwiz got? Gwiz uh, versus Kassar. Yes. Or Z versus Kuhn. And Kuhn. Yep, one of those. He, can right. you, he doesn't have to use it, of course. Z versus Kuhn. Man, we I, have two semis that. Or we have a semi where neither guy won an NCAA title. That's happened. That's, oh, no, that's, that's pissed. That's the joy. You guys suck. <laughs> Man, Ed Ruth versus Z Valencia. I'm looking at this document right now. That would be so much fun. That would be in, yes. Um, oh my goodness! Ridiculous. That'd be a ridiculous match. No question about it. All right. Congrats to Ed Ruth. Let's go to some questions from friends. What do you say? Love it. Let's do <clears> it. <throat> Nomad loves it. Who? I don't, I like this one. Who is the single most competitive person in wrestling? Hashtag FRL questions. I, I want I want Ben to answer. Uh, all that. of them. <laughs> really? You think everyone's equally competitive? Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, well, at the highest level, they're all just so so competitive. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to say you absolutely have to be, but it's it's damn near like you almost absolutely have to be that competitive. If you think of all those, you know, all the guys who are winning world titles, they're all just so ridiculously competitive, even even at the smallest, pettiest thing. Yeah, I I think it might be Kyle Dake. Kyle Dake is so <laughs> insanely competitive. I just remember this was years ago now, but shout out to Don Bashada. He was nice enough to uh, I kind of burned him a little bit on the last FRL. You're a friend of me, but yeah, he's a, he's a friend of me. We're, we're, we get along, but we do uh, bust on each other sometimes. Uh, but he had me out to Jersey, and it was all these wrestlers. It was Dake and Taylor, Jimmy Kennedy, Jordan Oliver, Jake Herbert. It was all. And Dake was – they were doing all these games and activities, and Dake was just like so insanely competitive no matter what the thing was to the point where other, other guys were like – no one was like annoyed with Kyle, but it was just like this guy is just ridiculous about everything. He's just – he does not want to lose in anything, whether it's go-karts or wiffle ball or whatever. So I think it might be him. And I remember when – I remember – I don't know why I remember this, but I do – Jordan Lean was on the NCAA broadcast talking about Dake when Dake was about to wrestle in the finals. I forget against who, if it was against Marion or whoever. And he's like, this guy, it is so important to him to win every single thing. It literally hurts his soul when he gives up a takedown in practice. Like <laughs> It's that important to him. So for that reason, I will say Kyle Douglas Dake. Am I allowed to say coach? Yes. Kale. I, yep, I was going to. I think Kale is like. And I don't know about the – and I know it's CP saying with, like, wants to win everything. But as far as it just pertains to wrestling, I, like, I just think he is, like, OCD level obsessed with with winning and just thinks about it 98% of the time. And I think ever, almost anything he does is, like, does this help me win? Does this help my – like, every decision he makes passes through that filter. Like, and I, I think that's – Part, partially why he, he is where he is, right? Um, okay. Mm-hmm. So did Ben get away with not saying – he said everyone. Okay, neat. Um, <laughs> thanks. Oh, easy, neat. everyone. Cool. All right, right, let's. maybe he'll put something on wax here. I know you have well, that how do opinion. You qua- how do you quantify it? It's, oh, it's a, if you it's can't a, quantify it's it. It's an effing stupid question. <laughs> can't quantify it. It's impossible. We can make stupid guesses, but we don't know. How many questions? How many? Okay, quantify this, the most overrated move. Well, before you say that. Well, okay. I was just going to say, look, here's how you quantify it, Ben. Pick, there's a thousand activities in a hat. Pick them out of a hat, then pick the wrestler who, in your opinion, would hate the most to lose at that thing. And that's why he said Kyle Dake. Yeah, it's fair. Because of go-karts. Okay. All right. So to quantify the worst move ever, or the most overrated move, it's a simple calculation. You t- think about how many people think this is a good move, and then in my head I have a calculation of how many times that move actually works. I put the numerator over the denominator. I get the answer. Okay. All right, math major. Let's go Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> okay. What is it? No, number number one, you're talking about the crossface. Number two, you're talking about the headlock. And number three, you're talking about the good old fashioned butcher. Which or one's barbed the, wire? Oh, bundle like barbed a bundle. Wire. Yeah, bundle. Yeah, it has a lot of different names. Got it. Those are the three three most overrated. Now moves. hold on. Who is saying 
Yeah, headlock. That's your go-to. That's a, no. Oh ever, God, the headlock. Yes, listen, so many this, people. So many people. To, no, Ben. Listen, the headlock. You deal the, with only high-level wrestling. I deal with all no, levels of wrestling. Yes, you do. You're a what? spoiled flow wrestling. No, friend. I'm not. You deal with <laughs> I have been communist countries. Listen, wrestling. Ben. I have coached at a lower level than you could possibly fathom. You have no idea. You have no idea the coaches and the wrestlers I have seen coached and coached against. With that said, as terrible as where I'm from is at wrestling, the most clowned move still is the cowboy. And if you win with a cowboy, it's like, yeah, he that, caught is, him is with a cowboy. headlock? They call, yeah, they call it a cowboy. If you're using a cowboy, it, even then, that was one of the first things I learned is like, this is a junk move that can sometimes work, but basically it is not a sustainable way to live. That's how it okay. was introduced listen, to me no. at Buffalo Gap. Let, let me. Let, people just say that. People say that because they know it's the right thing to say. But listen, actions speak louder than words. And I see how many after headlocks are tried. It's overrated. Because Way overrated. And I, you may say, I don't know, the headlocks are terrible. Shut up. I see a billion kids every Sunday try it. Listen. When let's say hypothetically I'm not good at wrestling, which is not a hypothetical, and a guy's about to score, and he's coming behind me. What well, what's the harm? I'm gonna get taken down if I don't know how to dive roll. And I'll see if I can grab the head and, and throw him to his back. And if I don't work, I was getting taken down anyways. That's where you see it all the time. Ask Tim Flynn if it's overrated. Yeah, ask Tim Flynn. He built an Edinburgh oh fighting Scott's dynasty uh, on the backs oh. of headlocks alone. So yeah, you guys are the you guys are the enemy of the people. <laughs> Also, Ben, uh, you're all, you're clearly talking about from your well, yeah, you're talking about from your feet because crossface on the mat, crossface cradle is amazing. Yeah, yeah yes, yeah, yeah, sure. I should have specified crossface on the feet, not crossface on the mat. Yeah, you're right. Crossface cradle is one of the best. I, I, it's my favorite move from top. I love yeah. people with crossface cradle. Oh, what is Great, my most? Cr- cr- what are you reading? Um, no, I'm not reading. I'm, I'm, I'm deep in thought. I don't know what. Okay, I won't say this is overrated, but I think this is the tactical mistake I see all the time with wrestlers that are on bottom, and they're 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 in a time crunch. Whether it's um, riding time is mounting or or something, the the period's about to end. It's time to get away, and I see it so often where a guy's kind of lower, he's dropped, you're getting ridden, the guy's a little lower, and instead of just mm. turn and kick and turn and kick and forcing that, they turn back yeah. in oh, so terrible. much. I I mm. don't, mm. that's not a move necessarily, but it is like this weird tactical thing that good wrestlers, divisional wrestlers, they make it all the yeah. time. There's yeah. no reason to turn in other than you're going to get yourself ridden. It's so rare that you're going to win a scramble because yeah. this guy can just yeah. hang down there. And I know there's the drop-down yep. rules, but... In general, it does not work. And if they just turned no. and kicked away, that almost always seems like a better option. But for whatever reason, a lot of times they don't do that. And it, it's always something that kind of drives me nuts. Yeah. Agreed. So, 100%. Okay. So there's one thing. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know if I have an overrated movie. I have a lot of things where I'm like, I just see it so much. No, that's the most underrated. <laughs> Did you see Nomad? Hey. No, they, re, they, re, they resurfaced it. It was great. What, what's another move that uh, Nomad should, should teach? What's the next series? Because the people loved it. They loved the Switch. What should he teach well, next, uh, man? Do you, you got a good Peterson? No, I never really Peterson. You know I, I love a Peterson. You know, you know what I liked? Great that move. I don't, know, I don't know what the name for it is, but um, when, when the guy's in deep on a shot 
And instead of going like over for the far ankle, you go under for the far ankle. Yeah, he does do this. And, and pull them on their hip. Pull them on their hip. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> well, I, I'll, when we have time, because I can do the beta show after this. But when we have I'll, time, I want to see this. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of what you're talking about, dude. It was under. much lower level in Division One. It was so it was so effective for me in in high school. I think because people didn't know like what it was. They're like, what the hell is going on, man? You know what? This is a this is a trash. The only person I've seen effectively use this is is Colin Moore. Like, but they used to at the gap. What? So are you talking about weaving through the legs and like bumping them over? Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Bump, bump. Yeah, I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll show it to you. It's okay. it's, it's we'll bad radio. <laughs> It'll be in the DVD series. But Colin Moore does that reap finish or whatever. You mm-hmm. like hook the you like you get on a high crotch and then you like sit and hook the hook the leg. Like he's the only person I've ever seen do that. But they actually teach that. I'm like that is a terrible finish. It doesn't work, but it works for Colin. So what do I know? Okay, next question. Uh, it's not a question. I just want Ben to do the NFL Combine workouts and tell us his numbers. <laughs> My fastest 40 yard dash ever was 5.3 seconds. <laughs> Nice. I wonder where that would rank among NFL offensive linemen. Probably not that high, <laughs> unfortunately. I was not blessed with the gift of speed. Yes. Damn it. Um, the talent of speed, I would call it. Uh, the leading skill. candidates. Definitely not talent. Leading leading candidates to fill. Why didn't you develop the skill of speed, Ben? Oh, because I didn't. Because uh, wrestling played to my better strength of getting people tired, and so I just did that. I wasn't uh, trying to. I wasn't trying to be the best at exercise, Christian. I was trying to be the best at wrestling. You didn't go into CrossFit. <laughs> it works. It worked. Leading candidates to fill the Hawkeye wrestling club job. I'm going Dan Dennis. Yeah, um, Dan Dennis. Shout out to Candace. You know. All right. Uh, next question. Did I ever tell you about when we, I was talking about an interview uh, with somebody the other day? And uh, did I ever tell you about when I interviewed down here and Ray asked me who I thought was going to get the USA wrestling job? And it had already been filled, and I didn't know if it was a trick question or not. Yeah, it wasn't a trick question. He probably just didn't <laughs> know that. I was like, I don't know how to answer this. That's so funny. Does he want me to tell him he's – It's I don't know, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that was some trick question from Ray. Uh, ben Randolph, don't want a great storyline forgotten in all this. Can we get a backstory dive into Etchemindia? Don't want such a stool, cool story to get lost. Well, Ben Randolph, you'll be very happy to learn. We are finishing a film about Anthony Echemendia and his journey from Cuba to the United States. It is so good. I saw a rough string out of it. You guys are going to love it. It is so it is exciting. It is interesting. It is fascinating. The what he has had to do to get here is insane. It will be in my opinion one of the most popular uh, full films we've ever done. It's that good. So, we got a good one coming out on Friday, too. Yeah. The season that wasn't coming out on Friday, this is what, a really... What is the storyline of this, guys? I was curious when you... Uh, it's kind of like uh, basically the story of the 2019-2020 season with the backdrop of the coronavirus and telling the various athlete stories and um, just kind of mm-hmm. the intersection of the two. It's, it's, uh, it's it. tough in spots, but it's also it's really good. And our, the editor, the film editor, Simone... She's going to come on here on uh, Thursday and talk about it for 10, 15 minutes. 
Very talented okay. there. So. Uh, Bracky chimed in with some uh, NFL lineman uh, combine times here. Tristan Wirfs, who was a wrestler, 4.85. <laughs> uh, Ball State's Damn 306 He's like lightning. Pinter, 4.91. And uh, Boise State's Ezra Cleveland, who I imagine is in this oh. 300, similarly 4.93. That's like, oh, and man. honestly, 5.3 and 4.8, that sounds close. That's half a second for a 40-yard Shut up, race. Christian. That's not close. Listen, I'm not. You're done. Listen, you know, Ben, you, you do not uh, have to worry about any <laughs> athletic challenges ever. You don't have to. It's like what? You have the uh, ultimate trump card, cards, I guess you could say. Um, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Saying People, you're an Olympian in actual sports pretty, yeah, pretty well-respected. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In an actual sport. In an actual sport. <laughs> you know what One I time mean, I took yeah. twice I took top ten at the amateur nationals in disc golf. Is that a real sport? <laughs> um no. I'll say no. <laughs> oh rude. You guys are rude. But wait, but but Nomad has weird rules about what things are sports. You have to yeah, you have to are. play defense. You, you have, have to, to play defense. Otherwise to... it's an athletic competition. So golf or ten I guess you can play, can you play defense in tennis? Yeah. Okay, what about golf? Not a sport? No, not a sport. Athletic competition. So swimming, racing, bowling. none of those. Well, racing racing's difficult because you're – well, I'm, I'm talking about car racing. But swimming, no. Oh. No, athletic competition. Extremely difficult. Got to be in tremendous shape. Athletic competition, <laughs> not a sport. Well, tremendous shape, ah! no. You can't say that. I mean, freaking – No, no, I'm saying, like, the skills required to be a good swimmer, you have to be in tremendous shape. Oh. doesn't make it a sport. It's an athletic competition. Oh, that's okay. funny, no man. Got it. Um, many medical experts talk about a future without handshaking. Do you think this could, should impact any of the 34 handshakes a wrestler makes every match? I one time went on a mini Twitter rant in like 2014 about like, that. I was like, what? It's so much. Before the match, after the match, the ref before the match, all the coaches before, after the match, all the refs after the match, then the lineup after. Holy cow. I mean, it is a little excessive, right? I'm all for the respect of the handshake. I think it's one of the coolest parts about it. But man, there's a, there's a lot of a lot of shaking of hands. Um, I, 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 I like know. the fist bump. I, I don't I don't mind the handshake. I'm not like an anti handshaker, but I, I, I like the fist bump. Nice, easy, quick, get it done. Yeah, the bumps are cool. Bumps are cool. No no issues with the bumps. Um, okay. Any other questions? It is 9:43 deep in the heart of Texas. Uh oh. We have, we have two more, two more minutes. We have more good questions, or we're done. Name it. We can do one more. We can do one more. Um, because maybe Ben has some light on this. What kind of money are RTCs paying athletes? If wrestling is going to be mainstream, this is going to have to become more public. Oh, so that's from Jordan Tomey, Army wrestler. Who's a listener? Well, I don't. I I would disagree with that. I don't think it has to become more public because that that is a private donation used by a fairly <laughs> private organization. Um. You know, and obviously, I think if we want to become a real mainstream sport, there has to be some type of professional league or professional avenue. Um, you know, I obviously have tried and failed at this twice. I don't. I think I always thought too. So I think if I see a vision of it in the future, it's not going to be what I thought it was. It's going to be something more like the uh, like tennis, where they have this uh, a bunch of events and they build up points towards something, and it's worldwide as opposed to just in like one country. Yeah. That's um, long been space thought. Yep, yeah. that would be cool. Um, I, I guess, I mean, I will say they are professional athletes, right? So mm-hmm. in that way, it's been professionalized and they are getting paid. I Yeah, it would be cool to know, like, what these guys are making because I think that ups the, 
the competition to get these guys more paid. Um, that's all I'll say about it. I mean, what kind of yeah. money? It really depends on the athlete. Are there some athletes getting six figures? Maybe a handful. We're probably talking about. I don't. I don't think from one source. I think from from multiple sources. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, certainly from multiple sources. I'm just talking like from yeah. RTC to athlete. Right. I'm not talking. I don't about think is there. I'd be surprised. I don't think there is, but I'd be surprised. I think it's high, high five figures, and then some of the best ones. I mean, you guys would know better than me, so tell me if I'm wrong. No. And then they're also I think you getting lucrative stuff from uh, sponsors and. I mean, if Jordan Burroughs is getting a hundred thousand dollars from Nebraska. You'd be surprised. I guess Burroughs would be the. He'd be my first guess at who yeah. who would be possibly making that much money. He'd be my first guess. Dake would be my second guess. And then someone in the Indian Wrestling Club would be my third guest. Taylor, David Taylor would be my third guest. Yeah, that'd be yeah. Uh, and you know, I don't know what I don't know what Jaden's making, um, but it may well, be it's different. A one week, it's, it's a, yeah, one week a month. Yeah, so that's different. So okay, we're gonna go. I think Kerry uh, Colot is on the Bader show because I see him talking to Bader right now. Um, but cool. I, do you have that lineup? Yeah. So Alex Marinelli, Keith Gavin, Joe Russell, and Kerry Colot. Boom. The bull. All right. Nice. Well, that's good stuff. I'll be on there too. I'm just going nonstop here. So. And Daniel Roy Lobdell Jr. Dang. Bonus wow. prize. Impressive. Well, thank you guys. We're good to go, Caleb. Thank you guys so much for listening. 482 strong. We'll be back tomorrow and Thursday. Full week of FRL. Full week of content coming at you. We've got the Bader Show five days a week. We got Ben Askren flexing. And uh, we're, we're fired up. We got a lot of great guests. You guys have been. Uh, Appreciating that, which is always good because that's what we're trying to do is make stuff fans love. Uh, sophomore Big Board coming this week, talking about who's number one in the show. Uh, we've been doing recruiting class rankings in Junior Big Board the previous couple weeks. So uh, who's number one in the show still going strong as well. Love it. Thank you, Nomad, for coming on. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for listening. See you Peace. tomorrow.